Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536 on Rock 102 with Dax and Nagel and Marty Caproni. Still filling in for Steve. Still still upright. Haven't passed out yet. Yeah, we gotta, we'll have to talk about that because uh, that kind of commitment to this. <laughs> I'm kind of blown away by it. I, I got to be honest. Uh, you know, I, while I was driving to the show... Um, and I was watching the slew of rescue vehicles uh, going north with me. I was thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing driving with a big old smile? I'm going to get to do comedy today. Yeah. Driving up there to do comedy when I was driving basically into a natural disaster, a declared natural disaster. Yeah, comedy and uh, radio are not worth dying for. No, uh, but uh, hopefully I, I I won't be so overtired that I turn this into a natural disaster. Let's, <laughs> let's hope not. It's going to be a sunny to partly cloudy today, a high of 91. Uh, tomorrow, overcast. And here's something that we look forward to. There's a possibility of a stray shower or a thunderstorm with a high of 89. We'll talk about uh, all kinds of stuff today, including all the flooding that's going on. Yeah. Uh, things are not great out there. We'll talk uh, in detail about that. It's 537. With Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni and Rock 102. Springfield's Classic. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 553 and Aerosmith. With Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni and Rock 102. Sunny to partly cloudy today, high of 91. Tonight, a few clouds, low of 67. And then for tomorrow, overcast. And there is a chance of a stray shower or a thunderstorm possible with a high of 89. 64 degrees right now. In downtown Springfield, Marty Caproni is filling in for uh, for Steve. He'll be back on uh, on Monday. So I will uh, I will tell you this now, folks. Uh, Marty is running on fumes. So we'll see how f- how deep into the show you'll go before it completely falls apart. You just start hearing a light snoring around eight o'clock. That is me uh, sitting here asleep at the switch. So, so you you did a show last night. I did a show about uh, four hours north. Uh, so I finished the show here. Basically went home, grabbed a bag of stuff, drove up there, caught a about a three hour nap in the room they gave me there. Did the show, caught like another hour nap, and then drove back and uh, was here bright and early. Unbelievable! And then I will leave here, try to catch a little nap, and then uh, we'll be at uh, Loft Comedy Club tonight. Yeah, uh, and I will be on stage. Uh, this is true. Opening for Mark Norman, all four shows. So. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, uh, by, by Friday, I'm going to be an absolute zombie, basically. <laughs> well, perfect. We'll try to, yeah. we'll, we'll try to pad that show with as much yeah. stuff as we can yes, possibly squeeze into it. But I can't believe, I mean, you were, I mean, four hours north. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, so, a, that's a hell of a drive. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I don't want to be an alarmist, but uh, for those, like we were talking about, people who have the boats in the river and stuff, or people who live on the river or whatever, the only thing I can say after seeing kind of what I saw up there is if it takes a day or two to get down this way, oh boy, I'm I'm worried about down here because it, you know, it was it's dicey up there, man, real it's, dicey. And it's uh, it's starting to affect, you know, areas around here. We'll talk about that during uh, during news and later on this morning. Um, you know, the Oxbow crested yesterday yeah. and they had to shut down you know, Route 5 in both directions for a period of time. Yep. Now, that may, uh, uh, and I believe that they're reassessing it today, whether they will be able to open it today. But based upon what you're hearing about what's coming up 
right. from the north, you may not you may not have uh, that option. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how water works because I'm dumb. But uh, if it is a delay be- before it comes down here, I know. And I'll tell you, like like little signs that uh, I was headed into stuff like stopping at the gas station uh, ninety one and. Uh, being behind eight guys from the Greenboro Urban Search and Rescue Squad where they're mm-hmm. towing a, a, a raft, a Zodiac, with the motor on the back, and they're all ready to pull people out of rivers and everything else. So you're like, geez, this it's real. must be real bad, you yeah. know? No, it's uh, it's it's the real deal. Like yep. I said, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in more at length uh, later on. It's uh, and you know, I mean, the, the thing is, you know, and, and I was reading this this morning too, you know, a lot of people think, well, all you got to do is just you know swim to, to safety and you'll be yeah. fine. It, oh sure. Yeah, you're not really supposed to swim in that stuff. One, the water is uh, filthy and disgusting. Effluent. Very effluent. <laughs> and then it's not so much that you could that the water is flowing. It's what's flowing with it. Yes, logs, trees, uh, stuff you don't see underneath the surface. Yeah. So uh, you could easily get to you know crushed or killed just by thinking you you know it's just a few feet of water. What could possibly happen? I mean, I, I have some friends that are like, you know, I could see them being like, ah, see, I'm going out in the river this weekend anyways. So my advice would be don't. That would be my advice, you know. Go uh, go see Doug Key Saturday at Lovecraft. <laughs> and that's on a high elevation area too, right? So Yeah, we're on top of a hill. Top and, of a hill. And the clothes on the second floor. So, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. <laughs> it's not going to be like comedians yeah. on top of the roof waiting to be rescued. We'll have life preservers there in case anyone needs them for any reason whatsoever, as long as it sells tickets. <laughs> it's coming up on 558 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni at Rock 102. It's time. Time to 6 a.m. Right now. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, not to make anybody jealous, but in my house, I currently have a beautiful 42-inch flat-screen TV with high-definition picture quality, loads of pixels, and color as sharp and as vibrant as opening up a window and looking around. Now, while I'm sure that me and the missus are the envy of the neighborhood, the New England Patriots have now got me thinking about making an upgrade. The next time you find yourself going to Gillette Stadium for a Patriots home game, you will no doubt notice that they've made some improvements to the joint. And among those improvements include the brand new 22,200 square foot video monitor that's been placed in the end zone. Yesterday, the Patriots revealed pictures of the new video screen, which is not only five times the size of the screen that it'll be replacing, it happens to be the largest outdoor video board in the country. The surface covers approximately a full half acre of space and will give you a mind-blowing picture that includes a reported 20 million pixels. How many pixels does my TV have? Six. Now, as I'm reading about this yesterday, I cannot help but think that even though the stadium is looking at more than $250 million in upgrades and improvements, including a 360-degree observation deck and a 218-foot-tall lighthouse, you know, to bring the fishing boats safely to the shores of Foxborough, I cannot help but think that perhaps my living room might not be big enough for a 22,000-square-foot TV. I'm also thinking that this thing's going to require an enormous remote, which of course will get lost every three days in between the cushions of the couch. The biggest problem with this thing is that no matter how wide or how clear the picture might be, 
it still won't make the Patriots look any better, especially during that tough divisional schedule. Because if they play like they did last season, you're going to have 65,000 fans begging Mr. Kraft to change the channel. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, the Ego battery-powered trimmer and blower, the battery and charger included. Now 229 at Rocky's with your Ace Rewards card. You're saving almost 100 bucks. And I'm looking at the Rocky's app. You can pick up the flyer in the store. What's on sale at <clears throat> Rocky's? It's always at your fingertips. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 610 in Journey with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni filling in for Steve for the remainder of the week. Steve will be back on Monday just in time to start planning his next vacation, which is coming up surprisingly soon. Um, <laughs> this I found out uh, about uh, yesterday. Oh, We may be talking to comedy legend Yakov Smirnoff this week. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Everybody in the audience is... Gasped and said, "Ooh, I can't believe they're getting the the Yakov Smirnov." Yes, yeah. is this a great country or what? <laughs> that guy. Yeah. So that's uh, probably Friday. We'll be talking to well, him. Well, I'm excited. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm when I was a kid, I used to. That's how I, I always wanted to be a comedian. My father would let me watch Carson on Friday nights. I'd watch oh, yeah. the stand up. And you'd see Seinfeld, Stephen Wright was a big one, and Yakov Smirnoff. You'd see those guys on there, and so I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit of a fan. You know that uh, you know Mike Scully, right? Yeah. Okay, so Mike Scully, Simpsons from Mike the Simpsons, Scully, right? Mike yeah, Scully, yeah, 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 sure. Who's been on our show a billion times? He used to write for Yakov Smirnoff. That's amazing. Which I'm thinking, like, well, thank God your career was able to suddenly find success after something <laughs> like that. Some people would would bury that in the uh, in the in the resume pretty deep, but uh, yeah, that's it, how he kind of started. It'd be funny if all the Simpson episodes, the early Simpson episodes, you go back and you watch, you're like, it makes sense because all the accents are there, like the broken English. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great country or what, Bart? So you did a show last night in uh, in all, Vermont. Yeah, uh, New Hampshire, Vermont, yeah. So all the way up there, and then and then uh, I, I, I went through... Uh, up 91 all the way to, to get to New Hampshire. So, it, yeah, it was a... I, I saw the river the whole, you know, most of the way up, and uh, it, it's bad up there. You were telling me, and I I hadn't even heard this yet, but uh, Lake Okemo Mountain yeah, uh, is in bad, bad shape. Yeah, I just, uh, I heard that last night. One of, the, one of the guys at the show told me it, and I was like, you got to be, you got to be kidding me, you know, and uh, it says real bad. This was uh, from two days ago. Uh, four inches of rain fell on uh, over in southern Vermont, so this would have been uh, Monday. Uh, Okemo is understandably closed for summer operations as the town of uh, Ludlow, Vermont, tries to clear the roads. But they're showing video and pictures of what Okemo looks like. I mean, there's Warzone. mudslides. Yep. There's, I mean, there's there's a lot of damage that's gone on here. So we don't know the extent of uh, of this and when they'll. Uh, be able to reopen, but that's that's only one thing yeah. that's been damaged from the the rains and the high water. We, the craziest thing that really stood out to me, you know, whenever you drive through like Vermont or New Hampshire, you see on the side of the road those big rock formations, and you, you in the springtime you'll see a little bit of like a trickle coming down. Yeah. You know, there were full on waterfalls. You know, what I mean, it almost look like you're in Hawaii at points. You know what I mean? Just raging waterfalls over the sides of those things. Yeah. So when that comes down this way, you know, because both of those states are mountainous, so 
nothing sits on a plane and soaks into the ground. It all goes into a river or a stream. The uh, the water levels are expected. Yeah, well, yesterday, the National Weather Service said that uh, areas are categorized as flood stage. At, at flood stage, when water reaches nine feet, the Connecticut River in Holyoke was just shy of that at 8.8 feet. That was as of yeah. 2 o'clock yesterday. So, I mean, you're you're practically there eight yeah. eight point eight you know you're 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 like inches away from into the, being designated as potential you know, like flood problems when on 91 last night you could see it to the to the to the uh, west you could see lightning and stuff like that and you know like not heavy heavy rains but like a little bit of rain so you know that over that part they're still getting rain. If it rains again today, God forbid. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just going to get worse. Um, yeah, we'll talk about this more in news. But uh, the Oxbow crested yesterday. Yep. Um, that uh, shut down. Uh, that shut down Monttown Road. Um, and they'll reassess that early today to find out when when they could reopen or if they can reopen today. The docks of Brunel's Marina yep. were damaged because of the uh, because of the. The increased uh, water level. Well, as I was driving by the Oxbow at uh, whatever four in the morning or whatever on the way here, <laughs> I uh, I looked to the right and you could see the water was up almost to where that building is. You know what I mean? Like in the someone Jesus. had a boat up in a in a parking lot there, and I saw the water up up that way. So it was man. Yeah, you know. I always I always judge whether we've had too much rain by driving past Heritage Park here in East Law Meadow. Where where the ducks are sitting, where when the, where the swans are wondering what's going. When did this get so big? When the the park benches, yeah, are now in the middle of the pond. Well, when that happens, I'm thinking, okay, maybe maybe we're at a high level. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the uh, East Long that's the East Long Meadow version of uh, waterfront <laughs> property, I guess. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's the best they can do. That's, that's a park that's had that's a lot it. of great planning over the years. Um, I, I, I worry about these people like along the river and places like Agwam and stuff like that. Like, you know, yeah. it's awesome to have a house on a river or a lake, but when something like this happens, yikes, it's uh it's rough. And then also, um, a lot of local farmers are having a big problem now. There's a, uh, there's some farmers in, uh, in Northampton and in, in other, uh, areas that, uh, you know, their crops are getting devastated because, yeah. you know, there's no way, there's no way to, you know, save your farm if you're getting flooded out nope i mean you're, you're just talking about a you know a, a a total calamity if you're if you're a farmer which is a it's a, a double-edged sword you know what i mean because uh, you know those fields are so fertile because over the years the floodplains there drops all the sediment which is rich which helps them plant and 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 have uh you know fertile soil and everything else but it's so bizarre to have this happen in july and yeah. not in march or april that you know Here's here's how important this is. Here we are talking about you know the ra rising levels of yeah. uh, of of these waterways, the rivers, ponds, you know, yeah. what have you. And we're not even talking about the contamination of, the, of, of what's of uh, you know the the, we, the west wastewater treatment plants. Are you seeing? Are you saying we need an update for the turd cast? I don't. Still looking for I was not able to find uh, many stories this morning that was talking about how many millions of gallons are expected to come in the next couple of days. You know what? They probably just opened up the gates. They're like, hey, let's just stop keeping track. Let's, let's just get let's it out Let's just here. dump all of it. <laughs> let's that, just be done with it. Oh, God. Well, I thought you were going to say, you know it's bad because we're not talking about Yakov Shmirnov anymore. 
I was saying, wait till he comes in. What a great country with all the flooding. <laughs> we'll let him sell his own sizzle. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the at some of the video of uh, of what's going on out there, and, and uh, some of the the pictures. It's it's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, I, I, I like you said, I I feel bad from some for somebody who lives close to the river. Not even you know, not even just because it's you know waterfront property, but they no. live close enough to be affected by a crested river. Well, if you if you're like one of these places like up there, uh, like New Hampshire, they're right on the right on the Connecticut River, like uh, you know, like just a, above. You know, in Brattleboro, they have that restaurant that's like half of it is in Vermont. Vermont the other yeah, half is in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. Like there's houses right around there that are on that. So, you know, those people are probably, you know, day to day, hour to hour, wondering yeah. wondering if they're going to have a house. They showed um, video yesterday of Montpelier. Which oh, my was, gosh. Yeah, you know, total. The yeah. whole city is underwater. Yeah, we and saw that while we were sitting here. It was on over my shoulder, and I turned around and looked. I, I, it doesn't look like something you expect in New England. It looks like something you expect like along the Mississippi when you see that in the news, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times uh, I think we get this this false sense of security by thinking, well, you know, that can never happen to us. Right. You know, I'm I'm well above sea level. I mean, I'm, I'm at least, you know, three or four inches above sea level. That'll, <laughs> that'll never happen here. Right. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in good shape. Uh, the hell it wouldn't. The hell it wouldn't. Well, I used to think that about Western Mass. I used to think, well, at least we live here and we're not really prone to natural disasters. We can't really have earthquakes. There's no volcanoes. Mm -hmm. And then the tornado hit. And I was like, oh, it turns out that we're like one of the more active places in the country for tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, you live and you learn. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, And then you have an earthquake like two months later. Like, wait, how say. did that happen? Right, right. And then a microburst. Right. And then, and then a gas explosion, which ruins a, a strip club. <laughs> that was a real tragedy. That was that was the one that I felt to, uh, an emotional loss for. Uh, that was, uh, depending on how the ladies uh, had surgery or not, was either a very unnatural disaster. <laughs> Uh, how nobody got killed in that, I don't, I don't know. But I remember the, the news, uh, the news stories and the uh, the pictures in the paper of like all this debris and a and a single uh, a single shoe just that, the, know, was worn by the dancer, or like a a pump just sadly lying there in the street. I just I I remember I was I was on the road. I might have been in Syracuse, New York, or something like that. I was in the green room, and the the news came on about it. And my phone, you know, obviously lit up immediately. Hey, are you downtown? Just making sure what's going on, blah, blah. Yeah. And then someone was asking me, like, you know, I said, well, my first thought is I hope no one was hurt. My second thought is I hope it's not a terrorist. My third thought is if you're a terrorist, what a dummy you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're well, going to blow downtown blow up. Springfield. And yeah, everyone's right. like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I remember uh, sitting in my living room in East Lawn Meadow. Yeah, granted, it's a few uh, a few miles away yep. from downtown, but hearing the noise and then feeling yeah. the percussion of it, like you know, physically feeling. Yo, you felt it. Yeah, you could feel it. I mean, it was you know, it wasn't. Yeah, I didn't was not not knocked off my feet. No, but you could you you definitely knew something had happened. Yeah, it wasn't like you know someone you know dropped a load from a truck. It was right. something a little bit a little bit more than that. Yeah. But you know, I don't know if you saw the the story in Mass Live um, yesterday, talking about how Springfield rebounded from the explosion and the, and the tornado and all those natural disasters that happened all at once. You know how they found a way to pick things up 
and uh, oh. and th- and find a way to thrive after that, and not all related to MGM, but other things that have happened. It's actually a pretty interesting story. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, I, I you look at downtown now, and uh, hopefully it's on the rebound. You know what I mean? It look it looks nicer. Worthington Street seems like it's coming back alive. Jackalope and those new restaurants going in there, and they got the lights yeah. going across the street. So. If nothing else, it's a fancier place to get stabbed. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But, not, not to be all over the place, but uh, you know, here's Springfield recording its 16th homicide of the year. 16 out of 270,000 people. They can't kill all of us. Can't. And they were well lit homicides. You yeah, know, no, with, they were. with accent lighting is really yeah, good. not just broad daylight, <laughs> yeah. but just you know, well yeah. lit. It's 622 <laughs> with Max Nagle and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. You've seen them at 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 628 and the Beatles with Max and Nagle and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. It's going to be, uh, listen, sunny today, partly cloudy. I don't see a lick of rain in the forecast until tomorrow where it could be overcast, a stray shower or a thunderstorm. That is a possibility with a high of 89. It's uh, 68 degrees right now. In downtown Springfield. Great comedy show coming to the loft tonight and tomorrow night. I'm happy to say I'll be going tonight for the early show. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited that you and you surprised me. I would I would have I would have I would have got your tickets, Bex. Uh you put up with me talking about it enough, you know, and uh, you went ahead and just bought them. Did we just have the conversation yesterday where I said, well, I don't feel like I'm entitled to really anything? Uh, you are. Well, no. I mean I'm not gonna go to you and say, listen, I don't I uh I know you got a big show, and uh, I know it's going to be a really important one for the club. But is there a way I could go without having to pay? And I just I didn't want to do that. Well, you, you did, all you had to do is mention you wanted to go. I'll and, do that in know. some of your crappier shows. All right, but, perfect. Yeah, come see me when I'm there. Complete. <laughs> I'll pay you, Max. I'll pay you. Oh, good. To perfect. Come see me. Perfect. No, I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, it's it, Mark's really good. He's great. So yeah. and hopefully I'll I'll be uh, upright and able to form sentences by then. You need so. like uh, someone to like crack open the smelling salts to revive you this afternoon. Maybe we could do like a ventriloquist routine where I just sit on your lap and you jam your hand up from behind <laughs> me and make me talk. I I would like to think I wouldn't have to jam my hand inside of you to do that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess that's overkill. I mean, it's a little bit much. I can just put my hand on your back or just hand on my lap so it looks like my hand's up there when I'm not actually even touching you. Well, I haven't been to my doctor in a few years to get my screening, so I was just trying to kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, tonight and tomorrow night. Two shows are the... Uh, two shows, yeah. There's an early and a late show, both nights. Uh, the early show for Thursday is already sold out. Um, the late show for Thursday is climbing fast. And, uh, the show for the early show tonight is just, is almost sold out. It's, 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 it will sell out the way it's trending. And, uh, the big one that I'm telling people, the late show for tonight is going to be probably the smallest of the four shows, but I feel like that's going to be kind of fun. Cause when, when it's a lighter crowd, I mean, they're all four shows are going to be fun, but I feel like that one's going to be one where we horse around a, a whole bunch. Oh, you know? good. So that's uh, tonight at the Loft Comedy Club, View Street in uh, in Chicopee. Yep. 6.30, we got news next to Rock 102. When I'm not voicing Wendy's ads, I'm gaming. I stay up and fueled because Wendy's delivers late. Are you recording a Wendy's ad? Come on! Got him. Whatever you're up for, we're down. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's delivery late night. Delivery hours may vary. Are you tired of li- 632 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni and Rock 102. The, uh, it's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing 
on select models. Listen to this. I think this story is uh, pretty fascinating. Charles Manson follower Leslie Van Houten, former homecoming princess who helped, who at 19 helped carry out a series of shocking killings of wealthy Los Angeles couples and uh, at, a, at the directive of Charles Manson himself, has now served 50 years of a life sentence. Uh, she is now being released to parole supervision. Uh, after all this time, she left California's Institution for Women in Corona, east of Los Angeles, in the early morning hours and was driven to a transitional uh, housing facility. That's according to her attorney, Nancy, uh, Nancy Tatro. Uh, days earlier, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, announced that he would not fight a state appeals court ruling that Van Houten should be granted parole. He said it's unlikely the state Supreme Court would consider an appeal either. The 1969 slangs and subsequent trials captured, captivated the nation during an era of strife marked by Vietnam and the civil rights movement, a couple of uh, so, uh, assassinations. But when you uh, consider the uh, the crime uh, or crimes that she was a part of, yeah. I can't believe they're letting someone uh, in the Manson family go. Well, let me say this. Uh, I feel for the, for the victims, for the families, you know. Uh, but I am not surprised. I know you can't believe it. I can believe it because uh, uh, Gavin there, the governor of California, is uh, one of the same guys who's all for the experimental policy in San Francisco where you pay the homeless people for not committing crimes. They get like a stipend every month because they didn't get arrested. Well, if someone paid me not to commit a crime, I'd take it. Yeah, I mean, we do that I, I, could, I would curtail my criminal activities. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I, it's so bizarre to me. That I mean, she was rotten away. No one, no one cared. What What's the upside of letting her? Well, I know there's no upside, but I think when you're holding people down while they're being stabbed to death, yeah. I think that, you know there's a there's a certain culpability in all that. Yeah, you're 19 years old. Really bad decision. But we're not talking about like I got a bad tattoo. We're not talking about you know I committed a crime. You're talking about violently, savagely murdering people yeah and we're just we're okay with that now just we're uh, gonna... apparently uh if you can serve 50 years and she has then uh then good luck i don't know how someone like that goes out into uh in regular civilization for the first time since <laughs> the 70s what do you think her f- and transitions back into regular life what do you think her first move is when she gets out like after the halfway house? like what what do you think her first move is steak uh, <laughs> I would think a, like a real trip to the men in motion show. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I would think dinner, like a good dinner, good a, sit down dinner, a nice dinner. Yeah. Plastic forks and knives, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> Actually, I would have everything. No pre-cut. Steak knife. Yeah. Like maybe like a like just sandwiches. Nothing that requires utensils. Uh, residents of the Pioneer Valley near the Connecticut River woke up Tuesday morning. Under a flood warning as Western Mass Central's, uh, water, Central Waterways and tributaries threatened to overrun uh, their banks on, uh, on, uh, over the last couple of days. The National Weather Service flood warning extended from the Vermont border south along the pathway of the Connecticut River to Holyoke. In Vermont, the situation was potentially life-threatening in some areas. The Weather Service in Burlington said the, state's, uh, the full state was under a flood warning uh, or a much serious flood watch. In the Pioneer Valley, the Weather Service projected moderate flooding along the Connecticut River from Greenfield to Holyoke. Even with clearer skies in the forecast uh, for Tuesday and today, areas along the Deerfield River uh, could see minor flooding. That's according to uh, the agency. And the Weather Service advised pedestrians to stay cautious, 
when walking near riverbanks and urged drivers to avoid flooded roadways and to not bypass barricades. Now, his, th- th- that's important to know that if you're going to that if you're going to be one of those looky loos that wants to see what the yeah. river looks like, if you're walking by the banks of a river, sometimes what can happen is is the earth beneath your feet can also get washed away. Ex- and when that happens, you could fall into the river is, and die. Especially if you're like my size or your size, probably not. I don't think either of us would be walking on a riverbank, right? What, what athletic types like us? Yes, exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, of course, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, I. I uh, what do they always say to reporters? Don't become the news. Don't become the story. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, you're doing that. You're you're going to become the story. You know what I mean? Eventually, that's going to happen. Remember the the old uh, the old joke from uh, Ron White. Talking about like you know people sticking around their houses during a hurricane and then, you know like yeah. they refuse to leave yeah and, yeah and I'm the, the line it out yeah the line, <laughs> I'm gonna ride it out the line was it's not so much that the wind is blowing it's what it's blowing it's <laughs> yeah. it's kind of the same thing in floodwaters right you know branches and trees that you can't see from the surface maybe you know down along the the the, the floor of the flood and you can just get you know swiped out without even knowing it yeah. If you're the dummy and there's always one out there that's like, you know what though, I'm gonna take the kayak and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out this. Don't do it. Yeah, big mistake. Yeah. So yeah, I mentioned before, uh, according to the National Weather Service, areas are categorized at flood stage when waters reach nine feet. The Connecticut River at Holyoke is just shy of that, hitting eight point eight feet as of two o'clock yesterday afternoon. Uh, you had pr- uh, problems with the docks at uh, Burnell's Marina. Uh, some of them have been damaged due to the, uh, the flood advisory. Uh, the Oxbow crested yesterday, Mount uh, Tom Road, Route 5 near the Oxbow, closed in both directions until further notice. They'll reassess whether they can open that uh, early this morning. That's according to Northampton Police. you get got farms being flooded out, uh, Mountain View Farm, uh, Acadian Wildlife Sanctuary, all talking about uh, you know, potential issues with with crops, uh, you know, Accu- the AccuWeather, again, another weather service, estimating the heavy rains across western Mass, Vermont, eastern Pennsylvania, northwest New Jersey, the lower Hudson Valley of southern New York and New York City, uh, that these floodwaters could cause 3 to $5 billion in damage to rural communities hardest hit. Uh, and they're likening it to Hurricane Irene back in 2011. Makes me think of the poor people up in Shelburne Falls. I'm sure that's probably a mess up there now. I saw one picture of it. It looked like it was pretty bad. They get it. They get it bad coming down from Vermont, New Hampshire, too, up there. I, uh, I, you said AccuWeather, and made me think, wouldn't it be great if there was an inaccuweather where they're just yeah, like, that's that's called the National Weather Service. <laughs> yeah, okay, oh, perfect. Because <laughs> it's all inaccurate. Uh, Springfield police confirmed yesterday that the city saw its 16th homicide after a fatal shooting on uh, July 7th outside uh, 39 Commonwealth Avenue. Police spokesman Ryan Walsh said the patrol officers responded to a shot spotter activation shortly before 5 a.m. Officers uh, located uh, the subjects uh, in the incident, including an adult male suffering from a gunshot wound. It is the 16th homicide of 2023. Meanwhile, in Westfield, a Springfield man arrested for the attempted murder of uh, a man in uh, in Westfield uh, Monday night after firing a weapon into the residence of his ex-girlfriend's current boyfriend. Because that will teach them a lesson. 
Nicholas Johnson of, uh, excuse me, Nicholas Elliott, 35 at Johnson Street in Springfield, pulled up in a Ford Mustang in front of a single family home on Delancey Street in Westfield and began firing into the building. Uh, Moments later, uh, the occupant of the home, Elliott's ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend, came out of the house, returning fire at Elliott, who was uh, sitting in his vehicle. Uh, Neither man was injured during the exchange. But uh, the guy, Elliot, was charged with attempted murder, discharging a firearm within 500 feet of a dwelling, possessing a firearm without a firearms uh, NFID card, possessing ammunition without a firearms FID card, and uh, many, many more. He is scheduled to, uh, he was arraigned on six felonies yesterday, and details of the arraignment are not immediately uh, released. Well, you know, if you had gone to FID school to get your thing, they would probably tell you drive-bys. Uh, not safe and very illegal. Yeah. Um, listen, I know that, uh, you know, your ex-girlfriend has moved on <laughs> to another guy. I understand that. You know, break it. I believe, it was, it, the great, I believe it was the great Neil Sedaka who said that breaking up is hard to do. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, let it go. Let it go. Go and mingle with new people. Also, stop watching so many action movies. All right. we don't, the, the shooting up houses like it's a diehard movie. Oddly enough, the guy in the house coming out and returning fire. Everyone in Westfield must be like, what the heck is going on in this neighborhood? <laughs> well, you know what's going on? You're not far yeah. from Springfield. So. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know uh, much about your, uh, your, your dating life in your youth or you know, much yeah. about your you know, relationships. I, I can tell you this. This is a bit of advice. If you're going to shoot at your girlfriend's current boyfriend... <laughs> She's not coming back to you. Imagine. It it actually creates more separation (laughs) rather than brings you together. Imagine she says, you love me that much. Oh, how romantic. romantic. Uh, Then she calls all her girlfriends. You're never going to believe what he just did for me. (laughs) He must really care. Shot up the whole house. Why did I leave him? He's such a... Such a warm, well-adjusted, well-adjusted guy, calm dude. I don't know what was what I was thinking. No winner in last night's Mega Millions jackpot. The jackpot now grows to five hundred sixty million dollars for Friday night's drawing. Oh, Meanwhile, tonight the Powerball jackpot estimated seven hundred twenty-five million dollars. Gotta get that Powerball ticket today. Bought after, tickets after my nap, before my two shows. Bought tickets yesterday for uh, for both games. Oh, all right. I haven't checked the numbers yet because I just naturally assume it ain't going to be me, <laughs> even though I even though I contributed. Don't listen. Don't count yourself out. I know. I'm not. Uh, listen, I'm not out of it yet. If you win, I have a feeling that 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 two hundred nine, two thousand nine hundred and eighty-seven <laughs> days now is going to be uh, shortened oh, significantly, dramatically. I think by I, at least three or four days, right? Uh, well, I think by almost uh, almost by two thousand eight hundred days. <laughs> How would you leave if you won Powerball? How would you leave, Randy? Would you just come out here? And say all seven dirty words at the FCC. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go out in a blaze of glory like that. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave in an explosive fashion. You'd leave as a professional. I certainly would. You wouldn't come on here and just with a list of people that you've you're just sick of after 20 years. Well, being out here and just unload on them all. It, it it's not to say that that list doesn't exist. <laughs> okay, good. All right, but sure. I'm not sure I would reveal it on the air. That's that's something uh, that maybe like a personal discussion. You're a better person than I am. Yes, because I know if I won that kind of money, and I had to come in here and fill in. <laughs> every time we broke for the news, I'm like, and and the latest news. 
You know, my old neighbor. <laughs> I would just every story would just be uh, someone I hated and and uh, an axe to grind. Yeah, well, I mean, that's listen. Yeah, everyone's built differently. Everybody's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. everybody's uh, sense of uh, uh, everybody's axe is is grinded differently. I, I didn't say it was built correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's our our axes are all different. Uh, the Pioneer Valley forecast again, looking like this: sunny to partly cloudy, a high of ninety-one today. Tomorrow, overcast, a stray shower or a thunderstorm is possible, with a high of eighty-nine. New Springfield's Classic Rock. It's six fifty-three, and Collective Soul with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock One Hundred Two. Uh, real quick, if you missed any part of today's show, check out the daily podcast. It's going to get posted sometime after uh, ten o'clock today. You know when I get around to it, and then uh, also listen to Baxi's musical podcast this week. Joe Keithley from the band DOA, the Canadian hardcore band. Really interesting interview from a guy who is a uh, a not only a, a musical legend but also a two time elected city councilor in Burnaby, British Columbia. This is the second time I've talked to Joe. He's an unbelievable uh guy and and legendary in some circles but yeah he's a, an elected official in the third largest city in british columbia those are my favorite people to talk to the ones that have lived a thousand lives you know what i mean oh I'm, yeah like you could not be more diametrically opposed in careers of a hardcore music artist or a decorated city counselor who is politically well, I, and, and he kind of explains how he balances that out because obviously <laughs> The people in town know who he is. It's not like right. he's, he's not like he's hiding it. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's got like eighteen albums. He can't just right. not be that guy for a while. It's a really interesting interview. It's all brought to you by Z and M Home Buyers. You can find it on an Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast, and a Rock One Hundred Two Anyhow, well. so there's uh there is that. Uh, I'm really looking forward to tonight. Tonight's going to be uh, very cool. I'm I'm excited to have you there. I I, uh, I can't wait to see Mark. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I want to get off stage as fast as I can so I can actually just watch the show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is actually um, is this right? Yeah, I think this is right. I think this would be uh, our first comedy show since the pandemic. Oh, really? Yeah, because Jenny and I would uh, go you know all the time. We go like you know if, if Bob Marley were playing at the Hoogie Lau. We'd go. We're yeah. Andy uh, Yee set us up with uh, tickets to see uh, Kevin Hart at the Mullen Center. That's cool. We were like in the front. We really had the we had like front row t- uh, how, tickets. How was the show? Was it? It was. It was good. It was. It was really, really good. Yeah. Um. His opener was better. Was funnier. And I remember. I wish I could remember the remember the guy's name. There's my life. I'm always the opener guy where people go. That guy was great. Yeah. What was his name again? I don't know. The first guy. Yeah. We saw. Uh, <laughs> Donald Rawlings at the at Don Roar. Donnell's he was great. One of my favorites. He's he was great. He was awesome. Uh, you know, seen Ralphie uh, one Ralphie or two May, times. Yeah, absolute classic. Best. But we haven't we haven't been since uh, the pandemic, and we've been meaning to come to to Loft because one, I'm th- I'm thrilled you're doing it. Two, I've known you for a well, while, yeah. and 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 it's something that we like to do. Well, uh, I'll make sure as a practical joke, I make everyone wear a mask. <laughs> Just so you think you're teleported back to the pandemic times. You got everybody separated six feet, yes, and we all have to wash our hands with sanitizer. You didn't go to any shows, any comedy shows uh, during the pandemic? Any no. Those ones? Oh, no. they were fun. Back. I bet they were. Oh, they were great. We're doing them outside. I did I did one on a farm where while we were on I was with Vic DiBetetto. While we were on stage, uh, goats would just randomly come up on stage and start <laughs> chewing our pant legs. Uh 
did a, a couple of drive-in uh, movie theater shows. Oh, yeah. Where uh, you obviously can't hear people because they're in their car. So what they did was they, the first iteration of it was they told people, well, when you're laughing, hit your horn, <laughs> which sounds great in theory. But it's not. But when you hit a punchline, it's like, meh, 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 meh. <laughs> and then like the one guy who really loves it is just, eh, for five minutes. Yeah. It's real annoying. <laughs> so then the next time they said, uh, flash your lights. So you're like, okay, so yeah. you hit a punchline, and it's just like, you're like, I'm going to have a seizure. Like, it's just like <laughs> lights, silence, but lights were just in your face. Um, I did a lot of shows, uh, like, at these breweries in Connecticut for the Comedy Craft Brew Sure, where I did a, those shows, but a lot of them were outside, you know, in a tent, uh, on the back of a pickup truck. You know, they were wherever we could do, and then a lot of comedy on Zoom, which is just a disaster. That has, that has to be brutal. Oh, the worst. I mean, it's kind of like doing comedy in an, in an empty room and getting no understanding of what the reaction is from anybody. Oh, uh, well, the worst is when I you believe they call that radio. Yeah. The worst is when you could see their face, you know? You're right. Uh, everybody's on mute. Terrible. I, I know uh, Christine Blinn, who uh, was a uh, comedian... Uh, <laughs> very long time she's 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 super funny we were doing one and her father was on the zoom and uh, he he was in his uh underwear watching it in his lazy boy <laughs> i know he's so mad that i'm telling this right now on the air but he had a uh we'll just call it like a janet jackson-esque style underwear malfunction oh really when he got up yes oh, yeah. oh he loved the show he was having a ball so uh like a, like a jeffrey tubin moment yeah, yes well not really no, enjoying not the that, show no 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 was no. he tubing on the, on the video no. no we'll just say he was having a ball and oh. uh he was really it was a great show and uh uh, Christine's face was uh, horrified, uh, but it made that was the most fun Zoom show I ever had of all the pandemic. Was that? Or and now Bax's view from the couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you, folks? Remember yesterday when I. Handicapped the All-Star game, predicting that the American League would pound the living snot out of the National League, just like they've done every single year since 2013? Well, I certainly do. This is why I would strongly suggest to you that when it comes to gambling and sporting events, do not listen to a single word I say. Sure, I'm quick to dish out my opinions, but my opinions are often straight-up trash. Last night was one such example. You see, last night, the American League lost their first All-Star game in 10 years after Colorado's Elias Diaz jacked a two-run go-ahead home run in the eighth inning, the result of which gave the National League uh, the, the win. Last night in Seattle, final score 3-2, thereby giving the illusion that the game included rare moments of excitement and drama. Now, I think most of us realize that because this was the mid-season classic, that the necessary components of actual excitement and drama are both relative. In my opinion, since this is a primarily meaningless exhibition with largely irrelevant set of incentives, everything must be put into perspective. Yes, the National League broke a nine-game All-Star losing streak. Now what? Well, because they've won the All-Star game, the National League will now have the home field advantage in the World Series, which is great if you happen to be in the World Series. But since 14 out of the 15 teams in the National League 
aren't going anywhere near the World Series this year, I would find that to hardly be the reason why Elias Diaz of the last place Colorado Rockies was chosen as the All-Star MVP. No, sir, it's really all about the bonus that each player receives. And at only $5.5 million per season, I'm sure Diaz is looking to grab any extra cash he can get his hands on. Because when your team is 18 games out of first place, what the hell else is there to do? This is why words like excitement and drama really have no place in this situation. And if they do, it's only because, only because something has gone terribly wrong. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Bob at the Agawam Rockies is a man of steel. Steel chainsaws, steel blowers, steel trimmers. Bob is a steel train expert to show you why the orange and white is the only way to go. Good people like Bob and rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 7-Eleven and ACDC with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. I, um, I mean, I, I've never been arrested for uh, committing a crime. I don't, I don't typically commit. Not one ever? No, I've never had, actually had the experience of being incarcerated for anything, really. Never, uh, never joined a cult and held someone down while you murdered them? No, I, I, I never, no, never have. <laughs> Weird, me to I mean, I feel like I've been in a man-made prison more than once in my life, but that's <laughs> that was not a felony, or was it even a misdemeanor? Not at that sure point. what you're referring to, but uh, okay. <laughs> I came across a story uh, yesterday. I find it to be really interesting to me because you know, I think when you reach a certain age, you know, I'm I'll be uh, I'll be 56 this yeah. year. You're in your 40s, right? I am. All right, you're in your 40s. At what point do you think you say, you know what, maybe? crime i've outgrown i mean i just I, you know the, the the criminal mind i think has a shelf life if you haven't committed all your crimes by at least 35 <laughs> you shouldn't even bother what well, what type of crimes are we talking about though well let's just say like uh like uh shoplifting for example i feel like shoplifting another thing i, I never did uh i feel like shop I, I should change that when i was six years old i went to the country trading post in chickabee and they used to have the penny candies, you know, and they had those little chocolate balls and a little thing, and they were a penny for the sure. thing. And one of them had broken open, and the chocolate balls were in the bottom of the thing. So I reached in, and I put a couple in my mouth. And we walked out to the car, and my mom goes, what do you what do you got in your mouth? And I was like, what for? And then uh, and I ate it, and my mother goes, what was that? I go, it's just candy. And she goes, well, where would you get that candy? I said, from, from school. My friend gave it to me. And she uh -huh. said, so if I call your friend's mother and ask if you got candy, would you – and I just collapsed. No, it was in the bottom of the thing, and I took it because it wasn't in the it wasn't in the packaging. And my mother, to her credit, uh, she gave me the penny, mm -hmm. and she said, "You walk right back in there, and you go right up to Carl, Carl Roy, who owned the Country Chain Post, and you get, actually I don't even think it was Carl, I think it was his father, Roger. You give him that penny, and you apologize to him." And I did. In the humiliation I felt in that moment, mm -hmm. I was like, "Well, that's uh, that's it for the for me with shoplifting." You See, know? yeah. And I feel like the the latest that someone might do that would be like twelve or thirteen. Why do you have somebody that's uh, um, older than that? On Sunday, two mouth breathing morons <laughs> uh, were at the pro shop at the Ferndown Forest Golf Club in Bournemouth, England. 
Okay. Uh, right there in plain view of security cameras. Because, you know, uh, pro shops are crawling with security cameras. I think everything nowadays is crawling with security cameras. Even I, people's houses now. I think if you run a business and you don't have uh, video cameras yeah. surveilling every inch of your place, then shame on you. <laughs> but right. this place uh, had the cameras. And these two guys are uh, are seen on video grabbing a couple of putters at the pro shop. They walk up to this this display, and one guy, and you know they're, they're working in cahoots. Both these guys know what they're doing, and they're right. working together. So this one guy pulls out a couple of putters, and uh, they're behind another display of like t-shirts or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And the other, and, the, and the, the the one guy who pulls the putters hands them to the other guy. And the other guy's standing uh, with his his back to the putters. How do you how do you how do you steal a putt? It's not like you can throw it in your pocket. Uh no. He uh, he did the next best thing. Oh. He he positioned himself in a way where the the guy at the register could not see this. Okay. He stuck the putters down the length of his pant leg. Oh my god. And then tried to. Uh, limp out of the uh, the front door, and the employers were uh, who were the empl- the, sh- the shop's employees were outside talking to another customer and watched the uh, the not so smooth criminals get into their van, grab the license plate while these guys uh, drove off, and with help of other golfers and authorities, they were quickly identified uh-huh. because you know when you hang out at a golf uh, course all day, you get to know a few people, yeah. and they were identified. Needless to say. It's neither the uh, the heist of the century, uh, and uh, these <laughs> and these guys, uh, I believe, were arrested. But this is if you watch the video, it's hilarious. How because old do you think these guys are in the video? That's a. I, I'm going to say age or older. They're older. I'm going to say oh, like God. late sixties, maybe oh. early seventies. Oh, what guy? And the guy that's putting the, the I think the guy that's putting the the clubs down his pants <laughs> could be. Not early seventies. I mean, the guy's like in, in, an advanced age, certainly beyond the point of of stealing stuff from the uh, the pro shop. Well, the other thing I was going to say, if he's beyond seventy, and he's got uh, putters down his pants, yeah, everyone knows it's not just because he's happy to see them. They know no. it's putters down his pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, they, and, and so the question I'm asking is, at at what point, at what age do you say crime is a young man's game? Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. out, I'm out, you know, I'm at the point now where if I can eat pudding you're ha- <laughs> today, that's about as much as I right. want to do. You, what a way to go out, right? You, what do you got? Eight years left on the planet, maybe? Maybe. Total. And, and your legacy is now going to be <laughs> the guy who stole two putters. I'm watching the video, the video now. So the first guy, the guy that grabs the putters yeah. is blocking this guy so that you know no one can possibly see what's happening here but and the the old the older guy it almost looks like it could be a father and son oh that's even worse like the the, the dad is the older one and the uh, the, oh, the the God. the son is probably late 50s early 60s and they he's where the younger guys wearing shorts the old guys wearing long pants like old guys always oh. do and uh they just walk out and i'm just thinking and what you know, aren't you haven't you had enough yeah. It, at 60 70 years old it's maybe just time to I mean to not to not be involved in, in this kind of criminal activity and I don't want to sound too judgmental let's say the guy was 70 something and they were stealing a walker or a wheelchair 
because they didn't have health insurance and the guy really needed it, you'd be like, I feel bad for that guy. I still shouldn't have done it, but I feel bad. You're stealing putters. Yeah. Completely non-essential items, complete luxury items. <laughs> You're going to use them on a golf course, which I would assume means you have enough money to pay for a, a darn putter. Right. But on the other hand, don't you feel some sympathy for the guy? Because uh, you know, clearly he's struggling with a short game. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I... Uh... The, good. They get what they. I I would like to volunteer to to be uh, the reader of the eulogy uh, to write the eulogy for that gentleman. <laughs> how do you start that off? Uh, you know what I you know I think what I do is uh, I place two putters in the casket <laughs> right off the bat. I come in. You needed these more than the rest of us. Yeah. You know? Right. And any good golfer say. These, right. these are knockoffs. These aren't even good putters. <laughs> While I'm putting the putters in, though, I steal his watch. You know, just right. so, <laughs> just so he knows what it's like. <laughs> uh, what a terrible. What, he's probably got grandkids. Oh yeah. Can you imagine, Grandpa? Hey, Grandpa got arrested for stealing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that if this is your grandpa, and this guy has not to, you know, yeah, not to not really settled down in criminal activity. That uh, you're probably used to grandpa getting away with this kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. He's teaching the kids. Family business. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll make one other caveat. That is to assume this guy doesn't have some form of dementia or something like that where, you know, he's acting out now at this age or whatever. I have to say that because last week Nagel and I were in here. You were on vacation. And there was a story about a woman in Boston who went hiking in the woods and was stuck in a swamp. For three days. Oh, I saw that mud. story. Yeah. And the two of us around here were like, who goes hiking and doesn't prepare? Who doesn't bring their cell phone? Who doesn't tell people they're going somewhere? <laughs> we're just trashing this poor lady. And then we get we get done and the phone rings while we're on commercial break and it's Hawkman. And we answer the phone and it's Hawkman and his mom. And they're like, we just want to let you know um, it's not released in that article. But the lady was developmentally challenged. <laughs> Steve. Steve and I are like, okay, coming back out of the commercial break to a really, really contrite apology. <laughs> so I, I just make that caveat so it doesn't happen two weeks in a row. Yeah. But uh, I just pulled up that video so I could see it. It looks as ridiculous as you said. I, I recommend people uh, yeah. pull it up and look at it. It's, you know, and the thing is, it, I, I don't. If the old guy were working alone in this crime, I'd say, okay, maybe there is a form of dementia going on. But there's two of them here. It's like they're both working in tandem to get away with this. And one of them, um, the old man to me in this picture looks kind of like Robert Kraft from from the angle. <laughs> and who does the other guy look like if you take a look? Uh, Just look at the hair. A little bit like a blonde a Belichick, maybe? He, no, he looks like Roger Goodell. <laughs> he does look like Roger yes, Goodell. Yeah, he looks like Roger Goodell. Yeah, and just like Mr. Kraft, who has worked on his own putts uh, a few times, <laughs> so has this guy. You're right, he does look like a little bit of Roger Goodell it, on him. Doesn't it? Yeah, but... but uh, the worst criminals you've ever seen, that video's hilarious. <laughs> I highly recommend it. I'll have to uh, I'll have to you know, share that on, on our... Uh, on right, the Facebook page? On Facebook, if oh, I can. Oh, that's great. But yeah, these guys look like a little real criminal. Ma the, uh, Ocean's Eleven, this isn't. No, no, you know, no. It's not is, even Ocean's One. Yeah, right. This is These are these are not geniuses we're talking about. Wow. It's 722 with back.
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 727 and Steelers Wheel stuck in the middle with you with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. The uh, Rock 102 wing thing is coming up on August 13th, brought to you by Aqua Pump and Dave Minor Exterior Home Improvements. You can uh, spend the afternoon at the uh, beautiful Barney Estate at Forest Park and enjoy wings of all kinds. There's hors d'oeuvres, there's adult beverages, uh, there's lots of wings, there's yard games, there's wings, uh, music from uh, the Double Dose of Dave, and also a lot of wings. Uh, tickets are on sale now at rock102.com, although I will tell you that this thing is selling out very, very quickly, and it will sell out. So if you haven't bought your tickets already, you might want to consider doing it right away. It's uh, all tossed and sauced by Log Rolling Catering, uh, Northeast Organic Life Hydroponics. It's Sunday, August 13th at the Barney Estate in Forest Park from Rock 102 Springfield Classic Rock. I think I'm going to go to that. Yeah, it's fun. It's 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 a nice uh, it's a nice quiet chill day. Uh here's a weird question. Do you have a go-to flavor of wings that you like? <sighs> Not necessarily. I mean, I'll uh, I'll I'll eat any wing. I, I there's some I like better than others. I mean, I like a good old uh, I like a good old buffalo wing. I don't right. I don't need it searing hot. Right? Yeah, I mean, the medium would be fine with me. I'm I can't do the searing. I I have this thing where I sweat when I eat anything spicy. Yeah. If I have any type of like anything more than a me, even with a medium wing, I'm sweating off my forehead. I, I sweat through napkins, paper towels, everything. I, it doesn't <laughs> stop me because I'm yeah. a slob, but uh, yeah, but I do. But I have found a new flavor that I'm into. What's that? Uh, sweet chili. Have sweet you, chili. Yeah, have I have had that. It, it's sweet chili with a little bit of ranch or blue cheese to dip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, it's pretty good. I'm just saying, I might go. I might go to the. Uh, might I might go to the thing there. I think my. I, you know, if I if I'm if I was uh, if you held a gun to my head and said, "Tell me what your favorite wing is," and that scenario plays out all the time, all over. The I have heard numerous <laughs> times where a guy just busts into the door with a gun. Yeah. I need to know now. Yeah, right. Give me your wallet <laughs> and what are your favorite kind of wings? <laughs> uh, I, I, it would be like a dry rub. I like a wing with just really? a dry rub. I don't need I don't need sauce. A dry wing with oh. the with the with the with the rub. We couldn't be more diametrically opposed than that. You're not in on it. I need I need sauce slobbering all over it. Do you now? Do you you you, you use like uh, the the blue cheese as oh. a as a beverage? I love I I don't order wings without getting extra dressing, and I don't just do blue cheese. I get I get ranch too. You know, people uh, turn their nose on the ranch, but when it comes to wings, it tastes perfectly fine. I I prefer the more cheesy version. You like uh, what? Cheesy? Yeah, like the blue cheese. The I blue rather cheese, blue yeah, cheese yeah. and ranch. I like the blue cheese with the buffalo. I like the ranch with the honey barbecue mm-hmm. or a sweet chili. And yet, uh, I don't I, see any wings in front of us right now. It's uh, I am so hungry right now because uh, I have eaten exactly one sandwich since I last talked to you. You've got... That's like a full day, time. twenty four hours. You've right. barely eaten in twenty four hours. Right. You know Who, who's our the big sponsor we have right now that does wings? Is that the the hangar? Uh the hangar. The hangar does wings. Well, um, we're gonna run a commercial for the ninety nine. I mean, they've got uh, they got they've wings got too. Wings, yeah, yeah. They're not they're not bad over there. And still no wings. And still, I don't see anybody <laughs> kicking in the door at seven thirty in the morning with wings. How many times have you and I uh, talked about food? No, 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 no. Okay. How many times have you and I worked together? Like, a, like a, you know, when when Steve is out, so this is the third time. Third, I think. Third yeah. time. Every time that that's happened, where it's you and me, we talk about food. Uh, nothing gets delivered. Nothing. But if you do something with Steve, all of a sudden, boom, 
food like that. We were talking about corned beef, and uh, we were reading an article who had the best corned beef, and there was a place right here in East Long Meadow. Yeah. And the guy just showed up here 10 minutes after we were talking about it with a pile of an assortment, if you will, of Rubens and oh, corned beef yes. and egg sandwiches for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just the food was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing. And then you and I sitting here. And, of course, Steve doesn't want to eat it because he's busy on the Peloton now, losing all his weight, mm-hmm. you know, trying to body shame us. Sure. And, and, and I'm just stuffing Reuben after Reuben down my gullet. You got so more happy. You got like you could be Reuben Kincaid yeah. at that point. And then you and I can sit on here and talk about food all day long. All day. It, it's a great topic. I, I, you'll never get me to not talk about food. I, I love it. I'm, I'm with you on that one. And what? and no one cares. <sighs> if they did, sad. There would be a whole buffet of food right in front there of us would, now. Yeah, someone. Seven thirty four. With Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102, the It's Time for News brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today and get 0% financing on select models. Uh, we've talked about it already this morning. Um, residents of the Pioneer Valley near the Connecticut River woke up Tuesday morning under a flood warning as Western Mass and the Central Waterway, the Connecticut River, and its tributaries experienced overruns on their banks and uh, due to the on and off heavy rains that we've been receiving in Massachusetts, the National Weather Service flood warning extended from the Vermont border all the way down to the Connecticut River to Holyoke. In Vermont, the situation is potentially life-threatening in some areas. The Weather Service's Burlington office says that uh, the state had been under a flood warning and a more or uh, was under a flood warning or a more serious flood watch in certain areas. And in the Pioneer Valley, uh, the Weather Service projected moderate flooding along the river from Greenfield to Holyoke. Uh, even with the uh, clearer skies in the forecast, uh, they, that uh, warning was Tuesday, yesterday, and along, and as well as today. Areas of the Deerfield River could also see minor flooding, and the Weather Service advised pedestrians to stay cautious when walking near riverbanks, urged drivers to avoid flooded roadways, and uh, for and to not bypass barricades. So, if you see uh, a, a roadway shut down because of the flooding, and you think that you can pass it, don't, don't. That's a big, big, fat, stinky mistake. And I, we make another. Don't be the guy in the. Uh, I just got a brand new Dodge Hemi, and I paid sixty five thousand for it. And it's jacked up, and I can make it through this puddle. Don't be that guy. Don't be. Don't be that guy. Don't and don't. Guy. And don't be the guy where, you know, rescue vehicles have to pull you out of a flowing river. That's what I'm saying. You know what? Stay safe. Stay away from the river this weekend. Uh, you know, selfishly. You know, if you're looking for something to do. Doug Key will be a loft comedy club Saturday night. It's my favorite. Uh, no, I, I really, honestly, this is probably the week to, to let it go. And, and boaters that I, I saw, all the boats were still in at the Oxbow, which is, was nice to see. Um, but if you're thinking like, yeah, I'm going to get on the river. I, I was a lifelong boater. My parents, uh, I grew up on a boat. Um, the uh, It may seem like, yeah, you're fine. You're out there. But what's under those water that you can't see because it's so murky are submerged trees that are, you know, waterlogged, so they're like one or two foot below the surface. Very quickly, you could find yourself uh, spending a lot of money or even worse if you hit something like that. In Vermont, um, where you were last night, uh, heavy rains had just pounded the state. Uh, Rising waterways washed out some roads, inundated riverfront communities, including the state capital of Montpelier. Uh, Floods forced the closure of some three dozen Vermont state roads and many more local roads multiple miles along Interstate 89 in Montpelier, where it was closed last uh, Monday night for uh, for flooded highways. Akemo Mountain 
uh, pretty heavily damaged as a result of the floods and and uh, and you know, mudslides and and a lot of other things. They got pretty hit pretty hard too. Rough, real rough, and uh, like I said, even ninety one along along that there was uh, you saw them doing repairs where. There were landslides that took out parts of the guardrails and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, both those uh, both those areas, uh, either side of the Connecticut River there, uh, New Hampshire, Vermont. Preparations were made ahead of time to ensure that in Holyoke that the dam could uh, handle the impact brought by these by the uh, the rising conditions in water uh, and the water levels uh, causing flooding concerns in part of Hamden and Hampshire counties. And according to the National Weather Service there, Areas are, categori- uh, areas are categorized at the flood stage when water reaches 9 feet. The Connecticut River at Holyoke was just shy of that at 8.8 feet as of 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Well, they they got some rain up there uh, yesterday, so let's hope that uh, that doesn't affect down. I don't know how that works. Do you know how that works? Does it, does it take like a day for that water to come down the river, or you said it already crested? Are we are like the Oxbow crested yesterday? Okay, and flooded out uh, part of Route Five, which was closed in both directions, and they were going to reassess that this morning. I don't know if they've done that yet, um, but as of yesterday, as of last night, they said that they would be shutting it down until further notice, Jeez. and that you know today was going to be the day they'd look at it and see if they could reopen it. But they, but you know, it it had. Uh, <laughs> You know, you had uh, motors were advised to avoid the area, you know, the oxbow. You know, there were some people that told to stay out of the water. Same thing with the Brunels yep. uh, up the river. They had, you know, water, uh, chunks of, uh, of parking lot, wood and debris were flowing down the river at the time because, you know, there's so much being damaged that it's coming down here. If you got a boat in the in the river down there, could easily be damaged by something that came from Vermont. Yeah, well, that's one of the the real legitimate concerns. And I, like I told you, on side of those roads, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont, they always have these uh, stone cliffs, and normally it's a trickle going down. Yeah, it's a full on waterfall, and you can see foliage and and trees and and stuff and and rocks and mud at the bottom. It's uh, it's not good, not good scene. Brunel's uh, Facebook page says they'll be working to restore all the docks as soon as it's safe to do so. Like I said, some did get damaged yesterday. They're asking for people to stay away from the marina yeah. uh, today. Probably a probably a good uh, piece of advice. Yeah, I would say. Uh, 45 beautiful acres of sweet corn, green peppers, and other crops at Arcadia Wildlife Sanctuary in Northampton were scheduled to be picked Tuesday. But unfortunately, because the Connecticut River was still rising and not expected to crest until uh, Tuesday or Wednesday morning, uh, they're in danger of losing a lot of their crops. Uh, farms across Western Mass, Vermont, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York are, and in Connecticut, are looking anywhere between three to five billion dollars in damage to rural communities hardest hit. Um, they are likening the damage to Hurricane Irene back in 2011, which was awful yeah. back then, if you recall. So, uh, not the, not the, not so good. Está no bueno. Uh, Springfield has confirmed that the city saw 16 homicides after a fatal shooting outside 39 Commonwealth Avenue on uh, July 7th. They are now uh, they are now confirming that that was a homicide. Uh, officers uh, located uh, both subjects involved in the incident, including an adult male suffering from the gunshot wound. He was rushed to Bay State, where he later died. 16 homicides in uh, in this year alone, which is a lot. What do we usually do? What's Springfield's normal homicide number? Um, I don't 
I don't I I don't know why I'm thinking this. I'm trying to remember what the the highest number was. I think the highest number was in the twenties. Oh, so so we're on pace for a record year here, Springfield. Well, the way we're working now, I mean, you know, we are we are over the hump. We got a whole other you know, <laughs> five and a half months to Halfway go. Halfway there, we're already we're trending to break the record. Yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting that we uh, you know start or, you know ramp up our game here, but you know, <laughs> the numbers are not real great. To be quite honest with you, uh, you know, it's a that's a tough thing because who do you blame for that? You know, you can't blame the policing. You can't blame you know what do you who do you blame for? Well, you know, I think if you ask the police and if you ask the mayor, yeah, what's the problem? What's going on here? They immediately would point their finger at the bail system in Massachusetts ah, as fair. being a reason why. You're having so many violent offenders come back out on the street, feel emboldened that they can get away with nearly anything because, you know, no no system available in Massachusetts is going to hold them. They're just going to get released uh, while they await their trials on previous charges that they go out and commit bigger, more substantially violent, you know, more yeah. violent crimes. It's- and that's what is fueling a good deal of this that's one of those things that you it seems like a story that never ends every time you look at it and they're like oh this guy skipped bail this guy was out on bail this guy violated his probation this guy and they're all like violent criminals and everything else but there's no accountability in our in our court system here for how they get uh how that how that happens well my understanding is the the way bail works in massachusetts and again not having been through the bail system myself (laughs) i don't know this for sure but the idea of bail is to ensure that you'll show up to court Right. And that's, and okay, I, I understand that. But if you've got a guy who has committed a violent crime, uh, putting him back out into society while he awaits his trial right. is not helping anybody. You're, you know, the cops are rearresting people constantly over and over and over again. Right. And these people just realize, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be released again. I'll be on bail in no time at all. And I got to be honest, too. Like, if, if you know, you're a good cop, we'll say, right? And you're just out there and you're looking at the way your your day is going. Half the public hates you just because you're wearing a badge, right? Mm-hmm. And you're catching flack from everybody. Half the people have a camera in your face on their phone trying to get you to do something wrong so they can post it on YouTube and monetize it, right? And then you do make a good bust, and you see that guy walking down the street a week later. You got to be honest, man. As a cop, I'm only human. I'm probably like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit right here in my cruiser. I'm going to ride out the rest of this thing and get my retirement and go off into the sunset. It's got to be the toughest job in the world is to be a cop. And to be a cop in Springfield where, or in Massachusetts, because it's not just Massachusetts, you're going to have the same problem in yeah, other cities. Some right. are much, much worse than Springfield. Right. Uh, Lawrence, uh, Brockton, uh, oh my God. parts of Boston. Sure. I would say uh, Worcester. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be a cop in Worcester. And I wouldn't not, even want to be a resident of Worcester. That's not to say that I'm not sensitive to the fact that there's definitely, uh, you know, corrupt cops out there, and there's definitely, you know, there's definitely been the challenges. But one of the things that always bothers me is you see these, like, you'll see a police shooting somewhere, and then all the cops catch flack, no matter where they are in the country. Yep. But like 80% of those shootings that you see, like the really, uh, the ones that are really over the top, that there's no question about it. Like it's like a guy, a cop shooting a guy in the back or whatever. They're usually in these like real down south states where they're like, uh, would you like to be a cop? Yeah, my daddy and my daddy's daddy was a cop. So mm-hmm. I'm a cop. 
and and there's no real training. You know what I mean? Right. Up here, at least they're trained. They have to have a, a degree, or at least you know we reward them for having uh, advanced degrees and everything else. Well, I mean, we we have you know we hold cops to a certain standard, right? Uh, you know, a certain level of expectation that they're going to behave in a certain way right. when situations arrive. But in the moment, in the heat of uh, of of something being committed, when things get escalated, um, you know, it, it doesn't excuse a cop when he misbehaves. No. But on the other hand, there's a part of you that thinks I've just arrested this guy nine times and he's right. back out. And if I arrest him time, uh, arrest him again, 10, 11 for the 12th time, he's going to come out again right. and just be given more confidence that he can commit any crime he wants to. Right. If I'm a cop and I'm seeing that every day, I'm not saying it's justified right. to act in, in an inappropriate, dangerous way. Well. But there's a part of me who said, how would I act any differently? I 100% how, agree. And, and, and you know, I'm not a violent guy. In yeah. fact, I you know when push comes to shove, I'm the first cowardly lion in the room. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm believe you me when I'm a floundering coward and, and when things get rough, but, uh, in that situation, do I really think that I would act any well, differently if, if my frustration over what I'm doing, you know, is, is such where I'm doing the best I can to take crime off the street and here it comes back two days later after making bail. Right. Why am I bothering making the bust again, risking my life that this time when I make the bust, the guy's going to have a knife or a gun? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I, I always, it's, a, it's total morale killer. I, I feel like I can do a lot of jobs if I put my mind to it. I don't think I could be a cop because I don't think I have the temperament because I watch these YouTube videos of the kids. Mm -hmm. I've said this before. And the kids are like, uh, am I being detained or am I not being detained, officer? I am a sovereign citizen. You got no right to stop me. Let me talk to your supervisor. The, the, the way they're talking. And I was like, the first day as yeah. a cop that they go, okay, Marty, you're on your own. We're taking your field training officer out. Here you, here's your patrol car. I'm like, the first kid I pull over, he's like, am I being detained or am I not? I'm like, clackety, clack. I'm just tasing him up. <laughs> Dragging him in, throwing him in a jail. So like, that's the fifteenth kid Marty's tased today. I'm gonna keep lighting these kids up until they yeah. stop running their mouths. It's you the know, tased of Caproni Festival. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I have as much business being a cop as I have business being an underwear model. I mean, yeah. I, that's, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I think you'd look good in a nice pair of underwear. No, bags. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. <laughs> I, truly, truly would not be my uh, would not be my uh, my finest moment. Firefighter, I could do that one all day long. I, I could do that. And I'm not crapping on you firefighters. All of my friends are firefighters, most of them in Chicopee. I always joke around. I go, they got a, they, their contract's so great, they work like two days on with like five days off. I like, I go, <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's, is it a career or is it a sleepover with your friends? Uh, all right. Yeah, okay, Someone's but, making chili. Right, but those two days, <laughs> there's one making chili. <laughs> those two days, you're working your ass off. Well, well the, the, the thing that you see with firefighters or with cops is. Yeah, there's a lot of downtime in that job, and there's a lot of uh, perks at that job. But what we're paying you for is that 0.05% of the time where everybody else is running in the opposite direction, and you have to run, you know what I'm saying, towards oh. whatever's the fire or towards the kid. That's when you could not pay me all the money in the world 
to be either one of those. No, I, I don't. I don't think I could do it either. No, and I applaud. I applaud someone who, who can do it, get through a career, retire honorably, and yeah. uh, and and live their life. God bless you for being able to do it. I know I don't have the temperament for it, and I know that if if placed in that position where the frustration is constantly running high, and there's a million oh. eyes and scrutiny and video cameras on me at all times, including body cams, uh, that would be almost an impossible job to do really it really would and 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 again i i applaud anyone who wants to go into law enforcement it's a job that we absolutely need but you know, there needs to be changes in how this state operates so that cops can do their job right and get crime off the street and it and you know we can all feel safer so we're not looking at 16 homicides in a in, right. in seven months and I, i'll be honest uh most of my interactions with police have been uh, very pleasant because I try to extend a respect. One of my family members was a police officer. He said, hey, if you get pulled over, understand when I'm walking up to your car, I am on edge because I want to make it home to my wife and kid. So if you have a chance, uh, get your window down enough, mm-hmm. put your interior light on if it's nighttime, turn your radio off, turn the ignition off, put your keys up on the dash, put both hands on the wheel where you can see them. If you already have your registration stuff available, have it out. If, if you have to reach for it, don't be fiddling around for it when I'm walking up to the car. Uh, so I that's what I follow. I, I have my hands on the wheel, and when they come up, it's yes, officer, no, officer, or yes, trooper, no, trooper. And a lot of times by extending that courtesy to the police officer, they will extend you courtesy back, mm. you know? I tend to break down in tears. Yeah, that's a good move, too. <laughs> it, it, it hasn't helped, but I... Uh, Sometimes it, defecate yourself and just be like, I was just trying to get home. I just need to use the toilet, <laughs> sir. It's uh, 7.51. <laughs> Uh, your, your Pioneer Valley forecast uh, looking like this today. It's sunny to partly cloudy, a high of 91. Tomorrow overcast, a stray shower, and a thunderstorm is possible with a high of 89. It's currently, oh, gee, I don't know, 73 on Rock 102. Connecticut and Massachusetts, Z&M Homes buys. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock, 757 and Queen. With Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. It's going to be a decent day today. Hot again. Sunny with a, and partly cloudy with a high of 91. Tomorrow, overcast. There's a possibility of a stray shower or a thunderstorm. But, you know, we really could use the rain uh, with a high of 89. It's 67 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, big show tonight. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't, I haven't, like I said earlier, haven't seen the live comedy in a damn long time. I'm looking, looking really forward to it. Well, once you get by my set, uh, you're going to enjoy some really great comedy. <laughs> oh, no, listen, I've, uh, I've seen your work. I've seen, I, I, I know You've what. You've seen me, Bob. I You've have, seen me do well. You've I have seen me, Bob. I have seen you at the highest level and I have seen you do something <laughs> that looked like comedy only without the noise and joy. My favorite was that you came up, and uh, we talk about it often. I got to get you back on stage. You came up, and you uh, you were like, I can't really do it. And then you killed for like 15 minutes. And I was like, look at this guy. He just dusted it off after 20 years and did 10 times better than me. With absolutely no material. By the way, uh, that will not happen tonight. So well, don't, you, uh, don't uh, even think about you it. You sure? Yeah. Uh, no, right. no, no. Not, right. not for that ticket price. I'm not. No. <laughs> we, it's bad enough they're getting me. Yeah, you know? right. It, it, yeah. Listen, I, I, no, don't uh, do not do that. But uh, no, I'm. It's it, I, you know, live comedy is one of those things that I've always really enjoyed and always, always really love how to, you know, a real Mark Norman is, for. He's, and he's gone. He's awesome. He's he's very good at it. He's really really good at it. 
and uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an awesome night. There are still tickets available uh, for tonight and uh, both shows and tomorrow's uh, late show, Thursday's late show. So go to loftcomedyclub.com now. Get your tickets. Get your friends. Come on out and uh, enjoy the show. It's seven fifty nine. Rock one hundred two. Live. The following takes place between eight a.m. and nine. A.m. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, not to make anybody jealous, but in my house, I currently have a beautiful 42-inch flat-screen TV with high-definition picture quality, loads of pixels, and color that's as sharp and as vibrant as opening up a window and looking around. And while I'm sure that me and the missus are the envy of everybody in my neighborhood, the New England Patriots have now got me thinking about making an upgrade. The next time you find yourself going to Gillette Stadium for a Patriots home game, you will no doubt notice that they've made some improvements to the old joint. And among those improvements include the brand new 22,200 square foot video monitor that's been placed in the end zone. Yesterday, the Patriots revealed pictures of the new video screen, which is not only five times the size of the screen that'll be replacing, it also happens to be the largest outdoor video board in the country. The surface covers approximately a full half acre of space and will give you a mind-blowing picture that includes a reported 20 million pixels. How many pixels does my TV have? Six. Now, as I'm reading about this yesterday, I cannot help but think that even though the stadium is looking at more than $250 million in upgrades and improvements, including a 360-degree observation deck and a 218-foot-tall lighthouse, you know, to bring the fishing boat safely to the shores of Foxborough, I cannot help but think that perhaps my living room might not be big enough for a 22,000-square-foot TV. I'm also thinking that this thing is going to require an enormous remote control, which of course will get lost every three days in between the cushions of the couch. The biggest problem with this thing is no matter how wide or how clear the picture might be, it still won't make the Patriots look any better, especially during that tough divisional schedule. Because if they play like they did last season, you're going to have 65,000 fans begging for Mr. Kraft to change the channel. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, the Eagle battery-powered trimmer and blower, battery and charger included. Now two twenty-nine at Rocky's with your Ace Rewards card. You're saving almost a hundred bucks. I'm looking at that at the Rocky's app, and you can pick up the flyer in the store. What's on sale at Rocky's? It's always at your fingertips. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8-13 in Boston with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Whew, home stretch. Yeah. Home stretch. Hanging in there. You know, for a guy, I, I, I got to tell you, for a guy who's gotten uh, no sleep, no sleep, uh, you're hanging in there pretty good. I'm trying my best. I don't know. I don't jacked up on coffee, iced tea, whatever I have. Jolt Cola. Remember that stuff? Oh, my God. Remember Jolt? I remember Jolt Cola had uh, triple the caffeine of uh, a cup of coffee or yeah, whatever. Yeah, twice the sugar, triple the caffeine. Yeah. I, I learned an entire semester of British literature on Jolt, <laughs> Jolt. Cola and no-dose. You know, people don't give it enough credit ahead of its time because that was really the original energy drink before five-hour energy and yeah. before all this other stuff. It didn't taste that good. It was, like, ridiculously no. sweet. But, man, it did its, it did its business. It absolutely did. 
So, um, you know, we've, uh, I don't know if anyone's really noticed, but when Marty and I get together, we tend to talk about food uh, quite a lot. One of and, my favorite uh, things. It's what, it, it's, it probably is my favorite thing in the world, food. And then we get, I get letters from people after, or not letters, but, you know, uh, messages on my Facebook and my Instagram, which people should follow, by the way. I get those, and uh, people send me messages like, I hate you. You made me hungry. <laughs> I ate a steak at, at 1030 in the morning because of you, you know? It's not, not our fault. No, I was like, uh, you know. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you, you going to say? Um, what, if we're going to talk about food again, just for a second. Well, that, there was this woman in Worcester. Oh, oh, well, all right, we can talk, yes. Yeah, I, talk, you know, like, let's let's start off with that. Sure. Because I, uh, I got a thing here. I, I don't need to, I'm not going to pull up the article and read her name and everything. I'm just going to give you the gist of the article. All right. Uh, I, I was reading it this morning, and I started howling laughing when I read it, because uh, it was about this woman who just won a restaurant challenge that was very hard to do. She ate four pounds of meat, cheese, and pasta. Uh, in one sitting at this restaurant. Okay. Uh, the meat consisted of a uh, lasagna, chicken parm, eggplant parm, a cantaloupe-sized meatball, sausage, bacon, pasta, and uh, red sauce. And uh, <laughs> they interviewed her, and the first quote in the article was her saying, yeah, well, I'm a little bit of a foodie. <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, lady, that's not a foodie. That's a glutton. Uh, a foodie is somebody who has like a, a, did you try this one little piece of black sea bass that has a flower on top of it and it's mm -hmm. seasoned this way? And it's not enough to fill you up, you know? A foodie isn't yeah. four pounds of food. This is Miss Pac-Man eating pills and ghosts. Right, That's right, what this is. Right, right. Yeah, uh, there's something about, I don't know what it is, um... There's something about competitive eating that I find so damn fascinating. I know a lot of people say, oh, that's so gross and disgusting. No. No, it is not. Get that idea out of your head right now. This I find to be like, you know, like, like man overcoming some of the most incredible obstacles yeah. in the world. You know, when Joey Chestnut come to the Big E and, uh, and pack down you know, 60 pot dogs in a single sitting. Right. You know, that's amazing to me. I, I, I watch that guy. You know, he's got every major uh, competitive food. Uh, you know, uh, crown of the world, that and it keeps a, going on. That guy's so incredible. I was watching a clip of him. He was stuffing hot dogs down his gullet, and someone charged the stage. The stage. He actually headlocked the guy, threw him to the side, and continued to, to eat the hot dog. Yeah, yeah. That's a true professional, right there. That's like that's to me. That's the greatest American hero. Here's the question for you. Yes. Do you find competitive eating to be a sport? If I'm going to consider horse racing and auto racing a sport, then yes. Perfect, perfect. I'm, I'm with you. Rodeo is another one. Yep. It's uh, still a competition. It requires a certain amount of training, and regardless of what it does to your body, you still do it because of your competitive drive. I mean, the the rodeo stuff, they're on a bull for eight seconds, right? Yeah. So uh, maybe I'm simplifying this and someone's going to get upset, but these competitive eaters, the amount of conditioning it goes into, they stretch their stomach by eating lettuce all, you know, leading up to their contest mm -hmm. and everything else. Like the amount of dedication and the amount of fortitude it takes to push through, not throwing up all over yourself, right? While you're just jamming food down your throat. See, the, the, there's a, there's two different kinds of competitive eaters. You got a guy like Kobayashi or Joey yeah. Chestnut, where it's it's not just about the amount, but also about the speed in which they're eating this food. Correct. There's a there's another 
form of competitive eating, which is amazing to me. And whenever I see like a TikTok video, I'll watch it all the way through or I'll, you know, I'll scroll over to see, well, did he finish it? Is it the food challenges? Is that what it is? There's like, yeah, these, these food challenges. And it's like the, like certain restaurants will have a food challenge yeah. that if you can eat it, you get it for free and your name gets on a plaque. Right. There's this guy, this guy named uh, Randy Santel, originally from uh, St. Louis. I thought he was Canadian. He's from St. Louis. Okay. Guy travels all over the world, like literally all over the world, Do doing it. these restaurant challenges. So he'll eat like a 10 pound, you know, cheeseburger with fries and like a milkshake. And he has like an hour to finish it. And I'm already in. I'm already fascinated. And, he, and he'll 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 knock it down because it's, you know, that's easy for him. But what he also does, and I think this is smart because it shows that, you know, one, you know, sometimes the food wins. He'll even show the videos of him where he can't finish it. That's awesome. Wait, like he, run out of, he ran out of time, like he's got like a half hour to eat something or an hour and he can't do it. Yeah. But then what he does is he'll go back and try it again. Well, that's And insane. he'll say... I think it was like one where he says, I've been unable to do this twice. This is my third time. To me, that's gold. I'd watch that all day. All day. Now you're invested. You have a storyline almost. Yeah. A and trilogy, if you will. You know, and some of the food is uh, is not anything you'd want to put in your system. No. You know, just by the sheer enormity of it. I, I am fascinated by that the same way that you are. I, I do know, and I apologize because I don't have the article in front of me, but a few, maybe it was last week with Nagel. I learned that the number two ranked competitive eater in the country is right here from uh, Massachusetts, almost Western Mass, lives in Oxford. And I want to say his last name was Esper, but I, I don't know. My, my memory isn't working that really? well on one hour of sleep. Yeah, he was from Oxford, Massachusetts. And, uh, yeah, you look at the guy, and I'm expecting the guy to look like me, mm -mm. but he doesn't. He's like in shape. He's like an athlete. He's in shape, and he's out there eating. You know, that is the uh, thing that people – do not understand that it's never the fat guy no the fat guy can't eat that much because i don't one i don't think his metabolism will allow him wait did you just call me fat like in a roundabout no way? i'm i'm speaking more <laughs> generically i'm speaking of the universal fat person okay yes not the one in front of you i mean right. uh <laughs> i mean when, when joey chestnut holds the record for 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes yeah that guy's pretty thin yeah, yeah i mean he, he works out well you got to if you're gonna do that job right otherwise you're gonna have a heart attack 62 hot dogs? You got to have a heart attack. You also have to, at some point, digest it through. So Ugh. there, you know, there's also the other part of the training you never see. Ugh, that just makes me think back to the effluent in the river. <laughs> That's all that does. By the way, the the, the turd cast for today, a heavy a Heavy, heavy. heavy. Uh, <laughs> George Esper is the guy I think you're talking about. See that? I, I remember the last name a week later on like two hours of sleep. Uh, let's see. The Eater Press. Rankings. Yeah, he's... Oxford, Massachusetts, number two. Look at this in uh, in the uh, I don't know if it's the in the major league eating uh, world. He is number two. So you know that's pretty good recall for being as tired as I am right now. Well, you know what? I got to tell you, you know, it's uh, it's nice to see there's someone from the New England area who is yeah. excelling in this uh, in this kind of thing. Nearly everybody uh, on this list of the top thirty is thin there's a couple of exceptions eric badlands booker out of selden new york Ooh. little uh, little stocky but uh, everybody else looks like they're in great physical shape you know what you know what I, it's probably too late to do it but if anyone upstairs was listening how cool would it be to use that wing thing that were the, at the uh 
at Forest Park and have a oh, uh, yeah. you know what I mean have, yeah, have one that we could watch live that's a certain level of uh, liability that that's I don't think true. we want to pay for yes. anymore because we've done those before really oh yeah we've done those uh, wing eating contests I think there was uh, one of those I, you know what I guarantee they wouldn't do it because I remember reading about this this might have even been when I was in college there was a radio station that did a drink as much water as you can contest oh and yeah and won like a whatever and the woman overhydrated and died yeah and they got sued for a lot of money. So I'm the grand the grand prize was a Wii. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. The Nintendo Wii when it was like the hottest prize, uh, the hottest yeah. game system in the country, or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, and she died. Imagine another. What a stupid way to go. Yeah. Ever ever go to a restaurant where you get your name on a wall for eating something? Because um, I have. Did you get your name on the wall? I got my name on a wall. What did you eat? Uh, it was in Illinois, and okay. uh, it was a it was a, a, a hot their hottest chili. Oh, and if you can eat the hot their their hot bowl of chili, a place called Den Chili. If you can okay. eat the the Den Chili, you got your name in a wall. Did you? Uh... I ate it, and yet to be honest, I didn't think it was that hot. I think it was just they called it really hot to scare everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, it wasn't it wasn't that overwhelming. And well, so I so I packed that down in no time at all, and I got my name in a wall. How was passing it later? No problem. Really? Not. I've got somewhat of an iron. Uh, constitution okay. for certain foods okay. uh, but uh, yeah no no problem at all it almost felt like kind of anticlimactic I expected <laughs> it to be like a like I could you know could have breathed fire after something like this and uh, you know my my backside was gonna look like a Bunsen burner but it didn't well I told you I'm sensitive to, to spicy food yeah but I also am very prone to being challenged and bet and uh, I am very much motivated when someone says, you can't do that. Hey, if you do that, I'll give you 100 bucks or whatever. I was at the uh, Hukilao, the great Hukilao, Chickabee Institution, uh, mm-hmm. when they had the little sushi bar off on the side there. And I was sitting there, and uh, there was a group of my friends there. And uh, one of them, uh, Adam, my buddy Adam, was sitting there. Uh, and Adam is very successful. And uh, right, we were talking about my lack of... Uh, ability to eat like sushi i hadn't really eaten a lot of sushi and my inability to eat spicy food and he asked the chef to roll up a ball of wasabi (laughs) (laughs) a little bit bigger than a golf ball a little bit smaller than a tennis ball and threw down a hundred dollars my other friends threw down 50 50 50. there's like 300 dollars on the table and they said if you can eat the whole thing and how'd that go uh, I ate though. I swallowed it whole, which is the oh only saving grace I had. I threw it. I was drinking a gin and tonic at the time. I threw it, washed it down with one gin and tonic, and I, I was like, "This is great. That's the easiest money I ever had." And then my stomach started to be like, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. and we were out somewhere, and I was like, "Oh, oh no, oh no, oh no." <laughs> So I had delayed reaction. Yeah, yeah. So I candidly, uh, one of my friends was chatting up a girl who was a nurse, and I candidly asked her on the side, I just ate a uh, a racquetball-sized ball of wasabi. And she's like, what? Why? Why? Because I'm, I'm an idiot. That's not important right now. What can I do to stop this from burning a hole in my stomach? She's like, bread. You got to eat yeah. bread. Bread and milk. I, I think we were downtown by this point. I went up to the hot dog guy downtown, and I was like, I'll give you $5 for as many rolls as you could give me. <laughs> you want the hot dog? No, I just want the rolls. He looked at me like, all right, crazy guy. Here's five rolls. <laughs> but you, you survived. I, I, and I, there I, you go. I survived. 
Day 26 with Bax and Nagel and Marty. You know what I would love to do? What's that? This is going to sound so crazy. I mean, you know, it's like you know, we're talking about competitive eating. I've always had uh, you know, Mykonos, which is moving out of uh, the Eastfield Mall oh, yeah, on yeah, Friday. Yeah. Friday's their last day. Chris. Chris the Greek. Yeah. Chris uh, Chris is uh, moving it downtown yep. on uh, on Main Street. So that's, uh, so that's good. I wish him nothing but the best. But I've always had this fantasy of grabbing that rotating... <laughs> thing of euros meat yeah and just eating it kobayashi style like it's a giant cob of corn just, just you know just chomed right down on it I, I i always thought that'd be awesome i believe in you i think you could probably do that that meat is so delicious it's I fan- feel like oh so good so good it's so good yes but it's like one of those things that you have to be in the mood for too though like you'd really have to have not eaten some greek food for a while before you're like i'll uh, take down it, a seven foot a uh, seven pound there's always room for, for Greek food. <laughs> well, always this, room. This brings me uh, to a thing that I forgot to say before, which is if anybody um, knows of any local restaurants that have food challenges, uh, shoot, shoot, me a, shoot me a message there on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Marty Caproni, just, sh- that's, uh, just shoot me a message and let me know what it is, what the challenge is, where it is, and what the reward is. I would like to see the assessment of that. Yeah, you know, because you know, there's restaurants all over the world that are doing these food challenges. Right. I don't know if anybody is doing one that's locally. What was, that's what I was thinking. I don't know if there's a restaurant doing it locally, and I think there should. I think the last one I heard of is one of my old favorite wing. We were talking about wings, wing spots was Quickie's Wings in yeah. uh, in Chicopee. I don't know if it was their challenge, but I remember my brother when my parents had him in charge of watching me, and they went away for the weekend. My brother said that uh, he and his friends would get me a six pack of beer and leave me alone in the house for the weekend if i would eat <laughs> one quickie's dead on arrival wing and not drink milk or eat anything else for five minutes that's, that's a good challenge it was uh it was a great weekend uh i really enjoyed the six pack of beer pouring it over my blistered lips uh <laughs> all my friends but I bet to... that first sip of that first beer must have felt so good going down <laughs> I bet. The yeah. only only competitive challenge that I recall, and this goes back, I think Gus and Paul's had a, um, it was either corned beef sandwich or a pastrami Ooh. sandwich. It may have been pastrami. Oof. I would have ripped that to shreds. Oh. I would have done that all day long. Oh, and Gordy s- and Gordy was a friend of mine. Yeah, it still is a friend of mine. Could've I would have loved to have done you that. You could have put him right out of business. Oh, I would have chowed down all yeah, day. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> I'm so hungry. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. Winter can be brutal on your car. Summer can be just as bad. Overheated engine, tire pressure spikes, battery ready to boil. And the oil, oh man, get the oil changed or at least checked. Better go see Joe and the boys at 834. With Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni and Rock 102, it's time for news brought to you by Big Y. Your family market, sign up today and save with a My Big Y digital account. It's more than food. It's My Big Y. Visit your local Big Y today. Uh, Leslie Van Houten, one of the Charles Manson's followers, the former homecoming princess who at 19 helped carry out some of the most shocking and disgusting killings uh, in American history, uh, including with uh, against a wealthy Los Angeles couple at the uh, direction of Charles Manson. After serving more than 50 years of, uh, of a life sentence, was released yesterday. She's now 73 years old, released to parole supervision. Uh, that's according to the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Uh, she left the California Institution for Women in Corona, east of Los Angeles, early in the morning and was driven to a transitional housing uh, facility. That's according to her attorney. 
days earlier, Governor Gavin Newsom announced that he would not fight a state appeals court ruling that Van Houten should be granted parole. And he said it was unlikely the state Supreme Court would consider an appeal. Uh, the 1969 slayings and subsequent trials captivated the nation while the country was going through so many different changes, the Vietnam War, the civil rights uh, movement, the, the assassinations of uh, Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy, and then this. So in spite of her involvement in some of the most gruesome murders ever, uh, she's now uh, walking out of there with her head held high at 73 years old, where she hasn't seen the light of day since she was 19. That's crazy to me. She's 73. You know, I mean, I realize she's, she's, she was eligible for parole. She was denied it countless times as an accessory to murder or you know, whatever. 50 years of a life sentence. What and you you're walking out at 73. You know, at that age, and I'm going to say, you know what? I might just be better off on the inside. What do you think the odds are? She kills somebody at a dispute at bingo night. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, uh, like uh, bludgeon somebody with a dauber. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I would think at at, at seventy three, you probably don't act as violently as you did back in your you know carefree days of nineteen or twenty. Yeah. Well, I got to be honest. I, I you know when I pulled when I pulled it up, there was a a picture of her uh, in her youth. I don't know. It wasn't a mugshot. Maybe it was. She was a very attractive woman listen for a woman who's been in prison for uh, 50 years at the age of 73 she's still, uh, still a very handsome stout woman yeah you know i mean if you're 73 and you're out there looking for love i think you know things get picking maybe you decide yeah maybe i'll take a cult serial killer um you know she she i think the reason she uh she got that leniency though is because she just looks like an innocent she looks like an innocent mom that's part of a bridge club yeah, except, uh, you know, I don't know if any of the members of the parole board were even alive. No, back probably in, not. In 1969. And or even remember much of the details of, you know, uh, Shannon Tate getting killed or, uh, you know, Wojtek Frykowski or any of the others that were, you know, savagely uh, and disemboweled to death. So before my time, because so she's been literally in prison since mm. before I was born. Uh, which is crazy to me to try to imagine yeah. that's what someone's done with their entire life in that time. Uh, do you remember at all when the Manson killings happened or no? So I would have been three. Oh, okay. And my earliest, uh, my only memory from 1969 was the moon landing. I remember oh, okay. that because <clears throat> that, you know, a three-year-old can understand the moon. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You can understand being on the moon. Yeah. You can't really understand, you know, killing the pregnant wife of uh, of a film of a film director. No, yeah, that is a little too cerebral for a three year old. Fair point. Yeah, but you know, but but ever since that point, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the whole Manson family uh, story, every bit of it's been, been, you know, been a part of of the culture, been part of the the American lore. Like, how could this? craziness have have been you know, have gone on for as long as it did these are one of this is like one of those things that like um where i'm an idiot because i know about the manson killings i know the name sharon tate or whatever it was i know all that i i did know that i think she was the pregnant one right that was killed yes. but i know no other details you had said one gruesome detail off the air and i was like that really happened yeah one of the uh, one of the guys was disemboweled with a chainsaw ouch 50 years later, she's walking the streets.
kind of goes back to the DOA wings with my brother. I was disemboweled with a DOA. Yeah, wing. I don't think it's quite the same. No, not the same. All right, not quite the not quite the same. But you know, I mean, if a Roman Polanski were allowed in this country, I'm sure he would have spoken up uh, uh, about uh, about this and say, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe she should stay in. So so they they let her go. Uh, she's 73. She obviously has no social security, right? Because she hasn't paid into the system. I don't think she's paid. I don't think she's got enough quarters, right, to to to, to get anything right. out of this. So, what does she do for the rest of her life? Let's assume she lives to eighty-five. She's got twelve years left. What is? What do I, you do? I, I I other than going on welfare and continue to have the state of California pay for sure. you know pay for your care. I can't imagine what she does. Well, then shout out to Governor Gavin Newsom for not appealing that uh, parole thing. Uh, you know. You know, I don't know if you ever read the book Helter Skelter. So my parents had it in the house. Yeah. But uh, I picked it up, and I don't like really unpleasant things, especially when I was younger. Now I can handle them better. Yeah. I just wanted to be all unicorns and rainbow butterflies. So I remember reading, like, the first, like, few chapters and being like, ugh, and just putting it down. Yeah. No, it's it's gross uh, when you get right down to all the nitty-gritty and all yeah. the good details. So, and and when you consider the enormity of the story at the time, it's it's any wonder that any one of them right. would have would have gotten out. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I, I if I were if I were uh, Leslie Van Houten, and I'm not. I would almost at seventy three. I'd say there's nothing for me right, out, like me out in. Of, Yeah, there's nothing for me out here. I'm <laughs> bet I'm better off at this point in my life. Just staying in because I have no real ability to kind of conform to a society I've not been a part of for 50 years. Right. And all of your relatives that probably did, you know, give a dang about you are probably all dead. Right. You're 70 something. Yeah. So your mom's probably dead. Parents, your dad's are, probably parents dead. are gone. Uh, you know, aunts and uncles are dead. Uh, Charlie Manson's no longer around to vouch <laughs> for your you character. Go, I mean, you, you, know, you, know, you don't have any of that stuff. Yeah. You don't have any family left, whether it's yours or Manson's. Residents in the Pioneer Valley are dealing with a lot of flooding or the potential of, uh, of flooding. Uh, Pioneer Valley near the Connecticut, the Connecticut River. Uh, people woke up yesterday morning under a flood warning as uh, Western Mass uh, Central Waterway is overrunning their banks after days of on and off heavy rain. The National Weather Service warning people from the Vermont border all the way down to the Connecticut River in Holyoke. In Vermont, a potential life-threatening situation for some where the uh, Weather Service's Burlington office says the state is under a flood warning uh, and could be under a more serious flood watch. And, uh, and you know, locally, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about uh, any number of situations, including in Holyoke, heavy rain sweeping through, through Holyoke, where the Connecticut River was just shy of being designated at flood stage. Um, if... If the water reaches nine feet, yeah, 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 it's considered to be at flood stage. The Connecticut River yesterday was shy uh, of that, hitting eight point eight feet. Wow! As of two o'clock yesterday afternoon, you had uh, damages and and closures at uh, Burnell's Marina. They had damage to to their docks. Uh, the Oxbow crested yesterday. Uh, parts of Route Five along the Oxbow, you know where that where that section yeah. is. That had been closed in both directions. I they were saying that they were going to reevaluate uh, that this morning. I you know I haven't been able to uh, to check you know where that stands now, 
but motorists are being uh, advised to uh, avoid affected areas. Seek alternative routes. Don't stand around riverbanks. Don't try to be uh, nosy and think that you can handle you know, walking by a flooded area or walking in the water. Don't be stupid. That's that's the best summation of that. Just don't be an idiot. Yeah, because, you know, people just assume that, uh, well, I mean, I'm not actually in the water. You know, right. being on the banks, I'm perfectly uh, perfectly safe, except except that part with the the ground and the dirt below you washes away, and then suddenly you're basically walking on a balsa wood cover. Yeah, it goes back to like what we were talking about with like uh, first responders and stuff like that. Like they're they're they have to put it all on the line, you know. Sometimes. Yep. Why? Don't make them put it on the line because you decide you wanted to go out on your boat this weekend because it's July and you were going to go and everyone else be damned. You know what I mean? There's Stay um, home. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been boat damage, uh, you know, dock yeah. damage, not just because the water is running high, but because of some of the things that are flowing down from yeah. Vermont into this area. There were like whole cars underwater, houses underwater. Like, yeah, it's it. It doesn't look like Vermont in these pictures that I'm looking at. It looks like uh, Mississippi. Remember, you used to see Mississippi River flood, and that's you just see tops of houses and stuff like that. Yeah, it's in, incredible that that's only a few hours away from us, in, and and even actually an hour north of us in some areas. I mean, my well, Pilbara's up there. Yep, but Shelburne's had some yep. some issues. It's scary stuff. So if you're uh, if you're in a situation where the water is is flowing really really high, and you know, hopefully in the next couple of days it won't uh, it won't rain. Even though tomorrow is uh, looking like uh, there could be a stray shower or thunderstorm, uh, do yourself the right thing and don't be uh, don't try to be a tough guy about it. Yeah, don't be don't be stupid. Oh, I'm gonna take my kayak and uh, I'm just gonna go fishing. I'm gonna yeah, oh, I'm gonna no. go swim in some contaminated uh, river water. What could yeah. possibly go wrong? Yeah, we've already told you the turd cast is a dark brown today, so just stay out. We need a sponsor for that. So, <laughs> so desperately. <laughs> we really do. And yet, much like that and uh, and breakfast for us, none of that is here. Not one. No mm. one even came in with a ham, egg, and cheese. Nothing. Yeah, a bunch Disaster. of disappointments you people have turned out to be. <laughs> uh, the Pioneer Valley forecast today, sunny and partly cloudy, high of 91 tomorrow. Like I said, stray shower and a thunderstorm is possible with a high of 89 it's seven. Is it really seventy nine? No, seven. I get seventy six. Seventy six right now. Down to Rock one hundred two. Springfield's classic rock. It's eight fifty three. And the Black Crows with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni in Rock one hundred two. Uh, Friday morning, it looks like we may be talking to comedian Yakov Smirnov. Oh boy! You know you want to bring the comedy legends uh, into the show <laughs> as often as you can, and I can't think of anyone bigger than Yakov Smirnov <laughs> right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Top of his game. You know what we should do? We should make the interview uh, just dead serious. Be like, so where do you stand on the Ukraine? <laughs> how do you feel about the? How do you feel about the recent incursion by the Wagner Group? Yeah. Start asking him debate level yep. questions. What, what's going on with that coup with Putin? Is that is that really happening? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's got at least a good 15 minutes on Ukraine. You bet. In my country, crazy. <laughs> well, you've been here 45 years. It's your country. <laughs> yeah, you haven't uh, spoke. You haven't learned English any better. But just <laughs> that, you know, that's a good point. I wonder. I mean, by now he's been here probably longer than he was in Russia by a long shot. What are the chances that off air or off stage he speaks like perfectly fluent English? And then it's time to you know, go on. I've, and I've wondered that. I've wondered yeah. that. Like, like, uh, remember Charo? 
Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I barely understand English. Ooh, coochie, coochie. You remember <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was in this country for sixty years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that accent was indecipherable for for forever. You know. And and I I gotta believe that every time she cashed a paycheck at the bank, she was speaking perfectly good English. They're like, cut. She's like, oh God, could someone get me to my trailer? This is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, this uh, this accent is hurting burning my throat. I need a lozenge. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I wonder. He, I bet you he does. Yeah, because I think I I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Like, if if you live in a certain part of a country, of of this country, right, and you move down south for a period of time, ten years, fifteen years, you start. yeah, then all of a sudden you start getting that drawl. You start talking like that. I I knew a woman that I went to college with. She was from Houston, yeah, and she had a wicked thick. Houston Texans, uh, Houston Texan accent, yeah. really, really bad. She moved to Minnesota, and it was like, "Hey guys," and and uh, oh, yeah, and I talked to her on the phone like like two years ago, and all that Houston drawl was completely gone and replaced with exactly oh, that. Oh yeah, good, all right. Oh yeah, I see. Oh, you guys are great. I was like, yeah, it's like Kelly, what 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 happened to your voice? This is, I, am I sure it's the right person? You know how it happened. I know my cousin moved to Texas, and I noticed when he moved, it progressed, and the the gateway drug, if you will, to a to a southern accent is uh, y'all. Yes, that's a dead giveaway. It starts with y'all, and then the next time you see him, it's like, oh no, yeah, yeah, and you know, and then before you know it, you're racing ATVs in your front yard, and you know, yep, it's uh, it's a slippery slope. Well, if you're from the south and you move to uh, to New England and you start uh, you know adopting our uh, local accent, yeah, well, we although Western Mass, we don't really have it, but. I- I had this conversation with someone the other day. They said, "Oh, you don't have a funny accent. You don't say park the car." No, like, no, no. But you know what I was told was that in Western Mass and Northern Connecticut, we do have an accent, but it's not an accent. It's uh, I don't know what they call it, affectation or whatever. But we speak fast is the is the characteristics well that's because we got so many things to do out here we don't have time for idle chit chat well this is true you go to like uh you go to like a pride or cumbies or whatever you walk in you want that transaction over with as fast as you can walk in Mm -hmm. you go down south at a gas station and you're like on your way to get somewhere and you got to sit there behind the guy who's like yeah how's your sister doing things are good yeah boy and mm-hmm. they just they have a conversation for 5 minutes and no one has any of that anxiety like i i got to get where i got to get no one's in a rush right right whether it's a conversation if you're in a line you you, you got right. no you got no problem listening to that guy's long boring story even yeah. if it's inconveniencing your time well and and with no self-awareness whatsoever everyone just completely disregards everyone else and no. this is what you do got to be polite it's 857 with Bax and Nagel.